Good afternoon, everyone, and we are going to share with you our Tuesday night radio show that we did live on OverlandRadio.com. This is a collab with All Over Overland with Michael and Lee uh, that we do every Tuesday night. Now, this was a little bit of trouble because Oklahoma is now covered in ice. Uh, they had an ice storm come through Oklahoma City. Michael had trees all the way down, uh, down all, around, all around his house, and it was just a, a nightmare to try to um, get this to work. The audio is not perfect. I was actually offside as well. So uh, we lost Michael for a little bit and then we got him back. But anyway, it was a good show. And how appropriate to talk about camping in horrible weather. And we all share our experiences about the worst weather that we ever camped in. And we talked about a few other things. So Stick around. Uh, it was a good show, and I know that you will enjoy it. Thank okay, thank you, Connie. Thank you very much. Everybody, thank you for joining our radio show. Rewind, rewind. Start over. For those of you that missed it, you'll be able to see it. Because uh, Lee is going to is recording this and is going to play this later on the Facebook at some point. Hopefully by the end of the night. Very good. So we talked about the electric uh, Hummer truck. It's a super truck, not really a pickup truck. Don't know if it has any real application other than the crab walk, which I think is super cool. Um, but I don't think we'll see it on the trail anytime soon. Like, nope. Nope. Like, even when they're sold, I don't think we'll see them out on there. What are you eating? I'm eating cookies, man. Cookies what what kind of cookies are you eating? Well, me and Connie went to this place for dinner that if you, uh, and they got a bakery right behind the place where you, where you eat. And if you take your, uh, receipt over there, you get three cookies for a dollar. Dang. Huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So we are in the middle of an ice storm here in Oklahoma, historic kind of events. Uh, power has been going off and on. Um, so if I, if I'm gone, that's just, it's just what happens. Uh, but that does bring us to something that Joey kind of wanted to talk about. And that is what's the worst weather that you've camped in? So Lee, we'll let you start with this. What is the worst weather that you have camped in? I think it had to be. I'm going to say my kids were probably eight or nine, which now they're all grown and have kids. Well, one of them does. But so anyway, it's been a while. But we did a three-day float trip on the Buffalo. And one night we stopped on a on a gravel bar and we set up camp and a storm rolled in. And somewhere in the middle of the night, and it was a whole group, it was a floating group. So there's about 30 or 40 people out there storm rolled in and i mean it was lightning like you've never seen and rain and and first thing came to my mind was you know flash flood obviously so i went out and mark put a stick in the edge of the water and made my decision point as to where i was going to bail out but it rained so hard that i don't care what there's nothing we could do we couldn't keep the water out the tent i mean we were soaked huh. by the morning it was running in, you know, from on the hill and just, I don't know, it was miserable. Next day it was beautiful. We dried everything out and we floated on down the river. But that was probably the worst that I've had other than maybe last year at Moore we froze our asses off. 
in yeah. the in the back lot of Artemis, man, it was freaking cold. Yeah, it was super cold. I don't think I've ever camped that cold before in my life. What was the windshield like? Two degrees, I think. Yeah, the windshield. I think the air temperature was in the twenties. So, yeah, that was before wind. So that was the actual temperature. So maybe not air temperature is the right word, but that was the temperature. Hey, Joey, what about you? What's the worst? Man, I've got like three things that tie. Okay, let's hear them. I got ties too. Back when I was uh, back when I was eight, I went camping with the Boy Scouts, and it rained so hard that it picked our tent up and moved it about thirty feet, and we ended up inside the tent at the bottom of a creek and uh we had to fish our way out and we ended up losing our tent sleeping bags and everything it was just horrible oh, and that's pretty bad that's pretty bad man that, things like that you don't forget no don't forget. how is that well, not number one hands down walk away mic drop because you have not listened to the other two okay i'm excited all right 2000 15, we're camping uh, with a couple other couples up in Sturgis, South Dakota, and I looked on my radar because the storm's a lot up there. We saw a storm coming. We made our way back to where we were camped at, and we ended up uh, getting there. I saw the lightning and the rain coming, so we actually went up to the where the bar was. It's about 100 yards away, and it was a metal building where they... Uh, serve drinks and stuff. So we decided to go up there to wait the storm out. Well, while we were sitting there, we were watching tents being blown up into the air out of sight. And it lasted about two and a half hours. We, uh, we made it back to our tent. The other two tents we were camped with were completely collapsed. Everything was soaked. One corner of ours was down. There was three inches of water in there. We had to let everything out. It burns up everything electric. The next morning, uh, about 90% of the tents were drugged to the dumpster, and they were all just thrown away. We actually saved ours. Um, it actually did that another time during the night. After we went to bed, I heard thunder. I got up to pee and saw lightning strike. In the about 20 seconds I was peeing, I saw lightning strike the ground 47 times. And Connie and I were on, we had a hand on each pole, holding the tent down while this one came through for about 35 minutes. It was unthinking real. Crazy. And then the last time was 2017. We went camping in February, and it got down to 16 degrees, and freezing fog entered our tent froze the tent, froze our heater, froze our sleeping bag, and everything that we owned. And um, that was back when we didn't have a whole lot of gear, and it was just, I mean, we went, we just, it was just horrible. It was a horrible, horrible experience. Wow. Yeah. So, I have... And I was that more, too, when y'all were freezing to death. That didn't yeah. even make it in the top three. Well, well more in there. Need to get out more. More's in there for me because of how cold it was. It was so well, cold. I kept that night. It was so cold that my bones hurt. Yeah. I, well, and but let me back up. I was staying in your Opus trailer. We had the heater going. We had the generator going, and a little buddy heater going. I think we had all three of <laughs> all things going. 
and I was in a zero degree bag with a wool blanket. So I really wasn't cold until I got out of the sleeping bag. Yeah, yeah it was and, cold the next morning. I mean, that heat because the generator went out. Yeah, it ran out of gas, <laughs> and no one was willing to get up and change the propane tank. So hey, I, I was there. That was the very first night that we ever slept in our eye camper. And we we had just bought those uh, Oz Tent River Gum sleeping bags, and we zipped oh, them together. Yeah. We got up there and we slept. And I remember getting out. And I didn't know you guys at the time. Yeah. And I remember getting out and seeing that open trailer and thinking, boy, those guys got to be comfortable in there. That's <laughs> like a That's a damn was, lie. We had like a, yeah, six, nah. a four by six little area on top of our vehicle, and y'all guys had the Taj Mahal. You know when the when the generator was when that generator was weren't running was nice. and, and we had the heat it was pretty comfortable in there I mean it you know and then even the annex we had it totally enclosed so while yeah. we were cooking hell it was warm in there too yeah 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 it was pretty uh, my internet's unstable so we'll just go with that my internet's unstable don't know if you guys heard me hey you know yeah we heard you. Uh, to, to, there. to play off of that thing though. In the cold weather, when it gets bad like this, what do you guys do? What's your preferred method of, I mean, we all have to take showers. So if you're on an extended trip, what do you do? Do you take a shower? Not shower. No. I'm not going to shower. What about truck stops, man? I mean, I go to the damn truck stops. I want, there. well, now I like the warm water, but I mean, I want I want as many layers on me as possible. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you this, know, uh, this summer when we were in... Uh, doing the Enchanted Rockies Trail, and Lee pulled out the shower that night. I was the last one to take one. And by the time that I took one, it was cold. freaking cold. Oh, yeah. It feels good with the water. No, there, was, there was no better feeling than being under that extremely hot water while I was there, yeah. though. It, it, was, it, was worth, it was worth that frigid, bone-crackling, Rigid, uh, one of my one of my favorite things is a hot tub in the snow. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I mean, I hate that's running fun. back inside when when I've been in a hot tub because that's <laughs> the worst experience. Yeah. yeah. So I've got I've got more, I've got more expo, and then I want I almost want to say Artemis when it was so hot this last. It was warm. It, but but really, that's not that's not it. That that's. That's in there, but it's not it. Lee, or not Lee and I, uh, Philip and I, and Philip Jr., his son, uh, we were camping at Birds one year when tornadoes came. And we knew there were tornadoes coming. And we went up to the cafe and watched the TV. And we had to, we actually stay, had to stay in Grandma's basement there at Birds uh, for a long time with a few other campers. Because there were, I mean, the tornadoes were just down the street. So, I mean, as far as scary, that was probably, even though we had shelter, that was one of the scariest. I'm usually pretty good at watching the weather and going, yeah, no, there's a chance for tornadoes. I'm not going camping this week, no matter where it's at, you know. Yeah. Uh, but this was unexpected. And, but yeah, bad weather sucks, man. But I, I think that that brings up, Something that we need to talk about as far as gear, because do you guys, even if you're, even if you know the weather's going to be in the 70s, do you bring cold weather stuff at all? Yes. A little bit. Yeah, we, we, we do because my, my wife is very cold nature. 
Yeah. And so we we always I I have a heater that I always carry with me everywhere we go. It's packed in my FJ 24/7 365 no matter what. And the reason for that is you can trust the weather just about as much as you can trust the news here lately. It's 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 you never know what it's going to be like Ooh. or if it's going to be true or not. And uh and I know in Oklahoma it's about the same as it is in Arkansas. If you don't like the weather, hang around 30 minutes, it'll change. Yeah. Uh, and so it can change, especially depending on the elevation you are, if you're camped by water. Um, you know, fog can come in. Uh, there's there's so many different variables when you put yourself out. And you got to be prepared for just about anything. So we, we always have a heater. Um, we always carry at least one set of warm clothes. And... Um, and we always try to carry stuff to build a fire to get warm. So yeah, we we're always prepared for that. Yeah, yeah. It's like this this ice storm. You know, they knew there was a they they knew there was a weather um, thing coming, but and they knew it was going to get cold, but they didn't think it was going to get this cold and this much moisture with it. So it was a little a little unexpected. Even though we kind of knew something was coming, we just didn't know that it was going to be this. You know, and it's been yeah. it's been crazy, but yeah, I mean, I I've talked to a lot of people that have had an unexpected cold night whenever they thought it was going to be warmer because you just you just weather's weather, you just don't really know. Or if you see the weather for a certain elevation and then you climb another five thousand feet, it's different. It's going to be completely different. Yeah. You know, so yeah. there's there's a lot of that that happens, and people having to try and get down the mountain real quick because they didn't know it was going to be so cold and they weren't prepared. You know, I, I just, I think you need to at least have some of the bare things to survive in, in whatever extreme it may be. I mean, obviously if it's cold and then you get a hot day, you're super excited and there's not a whole lot you have to do um, to change for that, but it could be a warm day and then be super cold that evening or the next day. And, uh, you know, I mean, it could kill you. I, I feel like that if we had continued on our way down to the Enchanted Rockies, down to Carlsbad, where we had uh, intended to go, where it was going to be 107 degrees that night, I feel like that would probably have been my worst camping experience ever. I don't uh, like hot. Oh, I'll my gosh. Cold, hot. But I won't, I'll do cold way before I'll do hot. Well, I, I figure that would have been probably my worst one ever, but... Uh, the leaders of the group made the wise decision to head to higher elevations <laughs> yeah, and it ended up being much more enjoyable uh, than what it could have been. But man, heat, heat is one thing because you can have all the fans in the world, but all they're doing is blowing hot air. Yeah. If, if it's hot. So, you know, you really got to check the uh, weather, where you're going and when you're going to be there in order to get an idea. Um, because you know you 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 have to factor in so many different things, and elevation is a huge one. Because we weren't very far from Carlsbad where we stopped, but we were at a much higher elevation, yeah. and it was a, it was a difference between 107 and 50. It was cold I mean, it was that night, almost 60 degrees difference. Yeah, probably within 100 miles. Oh and yeah. So it you know it's it can be it can be completely different no matter where you are. So you you've got to be prepared. For sure. Now, let me ask: Would you rather have a little buddy heater or an electric blanket? 
I prefer a buddy heater, and the reason I prefer a buddy heater is because the way that our setup works with the Annex and the iCamper, we can set the buddy heater on the ground, set yeah. it on low, and the heat will rise up into the tent. We can regulate um, the temperature of the tent by opening and closing the windows up top. Plus, it gives it more airflow because the buddy heaters are extremely sensitive. And if they feel like the oxygen's getting low, they will turn off and will not turn back on. And so yeah. we set that on the ground, and that way it heats up our privacy area, where we keep our toilet, where we get our, where we change our clothes, and and things like that. Plus, running electricity during the night, you're really putting a strain on whatever batteries you have uh, to last, because your batteries are also running other things. And so you've really got to watch. That you don't get your batteries too low if you're running something electric overnight, other than your fridge. Yeah, I mean, and and you come with the whole. I mean, I mean, right there's the arg. Well, I guess the argument. You know, the the little buddy heater is going to run out of propane. Well, I hook mine to a twenty pound bottle, so it's not going to run out. Yeah, well, yours isn't. But most put the green <laughs> bottle in there, and so you know that's that's a cold night. That's not going to last all that long, and. Yeah. You know, and then you also, like, if you do electric blanket in theory, yeah, well, it shouldn't, it's not going to run out of propane, but you could run your battery down. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And solar's not going to work at night. (laughs) It it doesn't work very well at night. Man, if they could figure that out. Yeah. Moonlight power. That'd be. Moonlight power. That'd be so cool. That's where you need (laughs) one of those uh, things that Lee has that has a little propeller blade on it. But yeah. I don't think I don't think it pulls enough power to to do an electric fan blanket. Maybe uh, well, if if you go back to some of those storms that we slept in, they would have it would have run really well. Uh, but ninety ninety nine percent of the time, it's not going to run very well. But I, I would recommend to everybody, no matter what your setup is, to have some kind of a enclosure, so that way when the weather gets bad, you have a place to go. So you're not cooped up in a small part of a rooftop tent where you've got a little annex where you could sit, get dressed, stretch out, anything like that where you could run a heater. Uh, That that is probably the best investment that we've made. And my wife will tell you that's her favorite part of our camp setup is the annex because it gives her a place where she can put her stuff, move around, be warm but yet not have to be laying down in the bed the whole stinking time if a storm goes come through or if it gets really cold or something like that. So that's definitely well worth the money. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's something with the gazelle tent. You know, I love the gazelle tent. Um, it, it, it pops up pretty easy, goes down pretty easy. Of course, you have to load all your stuff in your truck and then put it in the tent. But it's 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 thin, you know. I mean, it's not, yeah. it just doesn't hold that good of heat. Um, and I've got just a little, little, little buddy. Um, so I'm gonna have to get just a regular little buddy to see if that'll help me out. But, uh, yeah, man, when it's cold, it's just cold and it's uncomfortable and, you know, a good sleeping bag goes along the way, a wool blanket goes along the way and, and, uh, you know, the, the little buddy heater, the Kobe. Now you, you used the Kobe heater. How did you like it? Uh, it's, it's completely different than the buddy. Uh, it does have a oxygen sensor on it. So, uh, if it does sense that it's burning up the oxygen in an enclosed place, it will turn off. The only thing that makes it com- 
completely different is it runs off butane instead of propane. Yeah. And uh, it uses the very small bottles, which do not last near as long. And also, if you accidentally kick it and turn it over, it does not shut off like the Buddy Heater does. Uh-oh. It'll stay running. But it did help us out in a pinch one time because I did run out of propane. And I was able to turn it straight up and use it as a stove to cook our meals on because we were completely <laughs> out of propane to cook our meals on. It provides. I actually sent, I actually sent that to Covea and sent them a picture of me actually boiling water on the heater. And I told them, I said, I know this is not how you recommend to use this heater, but it did get us out, uh, you know, until we were supposed to go home, it was able to boil our water, so we were able to even feed our. Well, that, that's a step yeah. above having to open up the uh, the the hood and cook yeah, it. put your burritos on under. The yeah. Hood. yeah, yeah, we know somebody that does that. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. You know, and I mean, they talk about doing that with uh, you know hobo dinners all the time. You know, wrap it up in foil and put it put it there in the engine block and go on your drive, and after a while, it'll be all right. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I just can't get past the oil and gas taste of the beast. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. But yeah, I, I do like the Covea heater. It does heat very well, especially um, since our tent is so small and it's and it is insulated. Uh, it doesn't take a lot. So um, most of the time when we run our buddy heater, we're only, unless it's real cold, we're just running the pilot light. Um, but you know, if we wake up, we're cold, we'll turn it on for a few minutes and then turn it back down to the pilot light to conserve the propane. Now, that, the pilot light doesn't up. create any heat. You just want it to be where you can just quickly turn it. So warmer. you can just turn it on. Yeah. So that way, uh, because I found with the buddy here, if they sense that the oxygen's getting low, they will not light. And so every time that we run the heater and I found this out very quickly in Colorado and high elevations when the oxygen's thin, if you run the buddy heater up there, you've got to have your windows open. Otherwise, mm. it'll shut off. And so, to me, that was a learning process for me because that doesn't make sense. It's kind of like my grandma had the heat on with the door open, you know, and I never understood yeah. that. But with the with the propane heaters, they have to have that oxygen flow for, for them to work. And so, it was a learning process for me in higher elevations where the oxygen is thin, you've got to have your windows open. Otherwise, that heater is not going to work. So yeah. it's uh, yeah, you you've got to learn that, learn that for sure. Otherwise, you're going to freeze your butt off because it will fly. You know, and you were talking about rainy weather, and you know, and I I've talked about putting a camper on the truck and having it to where I could sleep inside of the truck. Now I'd have to sleep diagonal on the bed box or on the storage platform that I've made to make it work, but. Yeah, if it starts raining, you're just limited to how mobile you can be. You can yeah. sit in your truck, or you can yeah. lay down in the, the back. You know, yeah, where if you don't have an awning. Yeah, or an you awning. Don't have an awning, you're you're definitely limited. Michael, you, you need that that uh, is it ARE that makes that that camper yeah. top that's got the four yeah. rams on it, and then it's got a piece that comes out the back and makes a little area. So I mean, you can stretch out. That thing is yeah. freaking cool as hell. And it's even got uh, liners for it too, so that you can put those liners up to help insulate it, keep it, you know. Yeah, I think if I decide to keep this truck forever, that I'll have to go something like like that crawler camper or an alley cab or 
something like that where you can crawl inside of it, pop it up, stand up, sit down, yeah. Yeah, lay yeah. down. I mean, I, yeah. I think, or, or a bison, you know, a bison could make one that would fit the, um, fit the, the frontier, then, you know, then it, we could, I could custom design it almost, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think if I keep the truck for, if I, if I decide that the truck's staying around forever, then that will, that will definitely have to be an option because, uh, it would just be cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I I might be uh, entering into a new build starting this uh, this weekend myself. Uh oh, what's oh, yeah. going on? This is kind of exciting, actually. What's that happening? Is, uh, I've been talking all week to a dealership in Little Rock. They have a Subaru Crosstrek. Oh, it's already lifted, wheels, tires, winch, and uh, it's 2019 with very low miles. And I'm thinking about trading the Prius on it. And uh, he's supposed to co- uh, contact me back on Thursday. If we can agree on all the numbers, then I'll be picking it up Saturday morning. So, uh, and wow. you know, I can I can see this going. They're starting to make a lot of cool stuff for the cross treks. They are. And and you know, we needed a vehicle because we travel a lot, long distances to see friends, and and that's kind of what we bought the Prius for. But I'll sacrifice a little bit of the mile, mileage in order to have the capability of being able to adventure and go on off-road. And so I see maybe uh, a camper mini going on the top of this. Um, I will tell you like that, that talking to a few people that have them, once you put a bunch of weight on there, you don't have any gas money. Yeah, I've, I've talked to a guy who's done a whole lot of. But I mean, that's like that's like a guy doing like heavy bumpers on the front and back, and yeah. You know, see, I'm not wanting to a do swing that. out. I'm, I'm and wanting all to that. go minimal. I'm wanting yeah. to go minimal, uh, so that we'll be able to still be able to travel in it, but have a place to sleep, have a have something to keep our our food, and uh, and pretty much that's it. So it's going to be. It's going to be a, I don't know, a multi, multi use, multi purpose type vehicle, but, uh, I really like the looks of them. Plus, it'll give us, uh, some options when, when we do some different kind of travel other than just going for the old landing. I just want you to make it look like a rally car. (laughs) You know, get you, get you, get you just a simple bumper on the front to put some, you know, big lights on it and, you know, uh, a winch that, yeah. that, you know, you wouldn't need a big winch, but, you know, just something on the front of it. And then, uh, and then lifted with some knobby tires or something and, yeah. you know, rack on the top with some lights. And uh, I'm pretty excited. Prince food already makes a really cool rack from the yeah. top that's, that's completely flat. So you can put a rooftop tent. And, uh, I've, I've really gotten, um, inspired because I spoke last night with Jordan, uh, who lives in France and travels all over Europe in his Subaru Forester and uh, does it full time. And he's really inspired me with the Subi. And um, when's yeah. that podcast coming out? I've got it done. Uh, it'll probably come out tomorrow. It'll okay. Come out tomorrow. That'll be fun to listen to. And that's over at the Overland Philosopher. Yep, that's correct. I had okay. a really good conversation with him. He's 26 years old. Spent five years in the French Marines, and then when he got out, he left 
everything that he knew, life as he knew it, him and his girlfriend and his cat took off up into Norway, all up into Scandinavia, went up into the Arctic Circle and um, just had a blast. And he is, he's been stuck just outside of Paris uh, since COVID hit because they've locked down all the borders in Europe. In fact, he said five days, um, they, they locked down the borders five days before he was heading for a multi-year ex excursion into Mongolia. And so, I mean, it, he, he has got some great aspirations. Super cool guy. So uh, he's really inspired me on the on the Forrester thing. So uh, I, I'm thinking I'm thinking I may do the deal if it works out in my budget. Sounds pretty cool, man. Um, I hope it does. I'll tell you, Raw Dog said uh, a go fast rooftop tent and then 10 inch hella lights. <laughs> oh yeah, those are sweet. And yeah. There's a, there's a there's a Subi here in town that's got a got some big old giant hella lights on the front of it, and it looks super cool. Well, you, know, uh, you need hella lights and then a bunch of antennas everywhere. You're gonna have to. Yeah. Uh, have, uh, there's a Subaru owners of Arkansas group. Uh oh. Gonna, uh oh. You'll have, they enjoy the outdoors. Now, how are the, how are your uh, your uh, FJ people gonna gonna react to that? You know, I think they'll be okay because uh, Subaru and Toyota are pretty much brother and sister because. Subaru builds the motors for the fast Toyota cars, if you didn't know that. Like the Supra, the engine that's in the Supra is built by the Subaru. And so uh, so they're like a brother-sister company. I think I'll be okay. I won't get near as much ribbon as I do owning a Prius. I can promise you that. Well, that's probably, probably completely true. <laughs> Although I do love my Prius, man. 52 miles a gallon is hard to argue. Yeah, that I mean, you can't. You're right. You can't argue with that kind of kind of mileage. No, I drove to from uh from Arkansas to West Virginia and back on seventy one dollars. I mean, come on, that's crazy. It I am. Is. Yeah, I'm finding something for for Joey real quick. I'm gonna send it to YouTube right about now. So give you guys just a second to receive that, and uh, and we'll talk about this. In just a second. Now, I also sent you a. Uh, wait a minute, did you guys get it? Check your phone. Got, got it. it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> oh damn! Oh Joey! I just had to. I had Joey, to Joey, send Joey. it to me and said, "Hey, you got to show this to Joey." Oh, oh man. Yeah, man. Let me tell you, there there was a lot of discussion on that uh, on that post. On that post. Oh I, my gosh, the discussion bet, on that uh, post. The haters that are out there just came out of the woodwork. You know what? Here's here's kind of my feeling. Um, and we're not going to mention what it was. We're just do, not going to go. Do there. what you love, love what you do, man. Yeah, and, and and I think if they're out there, I think everybody of any kind of of uh, background is all I'm going to say should be able to experience just what we do and if they want to have a club and a group then I think that's awesome. Damn I think we, I think I think we should mention it. Go ahead. Well the post was about the LGBT uh group starting an overlanding group and if and they put it out there if you are part of this community we would like to have you in our group. And of course it was sent to me because they drive an FJ. 
Yeah. But, uh, you know, the comments ranged from, hey, do what you want to do. Yeah, all the way to All the way to, why should we separate each other according to sexuality? And and then there were some haters out there who never have anything good to say about anything. But I, I, I think we do a lot of separating and trying to figure out how we can draw lines in the sand instead of trying to include everybody. Because I've got friends who are part of that community that I don't give a crap if they are a part of it or not. They're still my friends. I went to their wedding. I mean, they're, they're, I would more than welcome them to come on any, any group ride that I go on. And there's no reason why they should be excluded from anything or feel like that they should have to have a group all to themselves. Now, I don't blame them for wanting to be that because everybody wants to hang out with people who are like-minded. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're drawn to people who are like-minded. So if you want to do that, fine. But also don't feel like that you're, ostracized from the rest of the world and feel like you can't join anything else that's going on. So, uh, I, you know, I, I hated reading the comments and I did not comment because it seemed like every comment that was on there started a war. But, I mean, there's no reason for people to to be hating on people just for wanting to start their own little deal. It's, it's, it makes no sense to me. You know, and and on my part, like right or wrong, I mean, I'm going to use it to make fun of Joey just because it's funny. Of course, of course. But but it doesn't mean that I think that I, I think any ill will towards that group at all. I don't. Yeah. I want them to flourish and do whatever they want to do, and you know, and I, and I get it. You know, I mean, I I'm in a group with a bunch of assholes, and that's because yeah. I identify with assholes. You know? Yeah. You're our leader. So, yeah. I'm the head asshole. So. You know, it's just the way it is. Now, there was another post that I sent you that I think is dang cool looking. Oh, man, yes. A pool kitchen. Yeah, the pool kitchen. The pool kitchen. Yeah, that, that one I didn't, I didn't see that one. The pool kitchen is unbelievable. So it's, it's so nice. It's like for the bed of a pickup truck. I guess you could probably get one for an SUV. But it pulls out, and it has everything it is so well thought out in the design yep um recent it's almost six foot long it's uh look on look up pool kitchen on instagram lee it's just pool kitchen on instagram it's i've got i've got a couple of them i can send real quick through the it is uh it's almost six foot long it pulls out and then it pulls out and then it pulls out again so uh, it has your stoves in kind of the middle because the top part pulls off of the, keeps on pulling off of the stove. So you have like a, a container area there, your stove, your fridge, and then on the back side of your stove actually is a spot to put your water. So you've yep. got water there. You got everything. You got a sink. You got everything that you need. All, yep. It's, it's wicked cool, man. It is um, really nice, really well thought out and very well made, but it's really well priced. Really expensive. Like yeah. what, nine grand, nine like grand, yeah. yeah. So it's twelve point five square feet of working surface, and that is full kitchen. You can find those on Instagram. They have a website that you can get from the link on Instagram. Um, make sure if you buy one that all over Overland and the Overland Radio Show sent you, um, and then maybe we'll get one sent to you. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I would love to do a uh, gear review. On yeah, one yeah, I'll do an honest gear review on that. I'll even do a bias. I'll say right now that I will make the best gear review you've ever heard if they'll send me one for the truck. Uh, yeah, it won't, will, it won't fit under your that. platform. It won't fit under your platform, bro. I so, will remake bro. the whole thing. <laughs> I will buy a new truck. Whatever it takes. Um, yeah. Actually, I, I think I was it this. There's something that I read that is like six foot long. Um, I don't remember what it was. Lee, what was it that you thought I was going to say, or, or do you remember? It oh, like the, were, the other one was uh, you sent that link for all the uh, Land Cruisers that were in front of that. Yeah, just a little yeah. bit ago. Yeah, yeah, that was the other one. That's pretty yeah. slick. Yeah, all of what the, was it? The seventy series wagons. Um, was it the uh, Southern Swine Soiree that went through the Ozarks this past weekend? No, 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 no. These oh. are the these are the, the. I just sent it to you in 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 the text message. Yeah, these were okay. parked in front of some oil uh, or no Rhino lining place or something. But there's three white ones, and uh, these are the ones you don't get in the U.S. Well, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it's, it's a Facebook link, so it didn't pull up the picture. Um, when you push on that, you'll see it. But, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, they're so cool. So cool. They're a lot like the, the, uh, the Nissan Patrol. I mean, they look like that. Um, they're not, they're not a troopy. Um, they're not the pickup cab. They are the, they are the SUV, the wagon, I think is what they call it. So, um, they're really cool. And somebody was, they were just kind of, I read some of the comments and they were like, well, you know, I don't know if it's like, you know, military issue vehicles that are here or like what's going on, um, where they came from, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, there were, what was it? Three or four of them that are identical. Yeah. There's, I think it was yeah. three. Yeah. 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 I mean, wow. You know, yeah. and that, and that, you know, like going back to the, to the Hummer being so expensive. I mean, I heard that they're going to start out in the $115,000, $120,000 range. Woo! Um, that's why they're a super truck, you know, and we kind of go, that's stupid. Wouldn't ever pay that. And I think one of the things when I was thinking about that conversation was that you can't live in that thing. Like, you can't live in it. But if you got, we talk about the Defender 110s, we talk about the Troopies, and we talk about how expensive they are to get one shipped over here and how and when you get one refurbished they're a hundred thousand dollar rigs yeah you know but you could live in that because people do it well you think about uh who, top. who'd you interview uh what's her name's uh oh jorge and jessica did, jessica. They, live, did yeah. they live in one of them that had been converted one of the land cruisers yeah, yeah they had yeah, they had a troopy that had to go back, so it's getting rebuilt, and it's still not. I mean, it's still not fixed or done or yeah. finished or whatever. So yeah. they're we're in big limbo on that. But yeah, I mean, they were gonna they were gonna take one of those and live in it, and that's possible. I just don't see the Hummer being something that, like I said a little while ago, something that would even look good with a cab or a camper on the back. Like I don't. Uh, so I mean, you just you're not gonna you're not gonna live in that thing. No, and it's going to be tough to pull a trailer with it too, with it being all electric. It's so a it's, thousand horsepower and a thousand torque or something crazy. Yeah, it's going to drain some batteries pretty quick. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
you know, just like the Tesla, you know, whenever you put it in fast mode, you've got like three, you got about three passes in fast mode in the battery yeah. stuff. Yeah. So this would be the same thing if you used up all of the abilities or all of the, the You know, we'll see those things riding around with generators running in the back and a cord duct yeah. to, yeah. to the side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, having to use all that all that gas to run the generator just yeah. so they yeah. electricity. So now my parents were asking me, they want to borrow the Nissan because they want to pull their trailer and see how Uh-oh. it goes. That's yeah. a good idea. Because they have a Ranger, an older Ranger. Dad got a really good deal on it before he knew he was going to get a trailer. And uh, and it's, it's just not powered enough for it. So they want to see how mine would do. And they're thinking about selling all kinds of stuff and getting a new truck. And oh I yeah, said, you know a Colorado diesel. Yeah, but oh yeah, really well. Oh, yeah. And mom, yeah. like, I don't like diesel. I was like, you don't have to like it. It works. Shit pulls. Yeah, it pulls. And, then, and you know, and their camper, I think, is no more in weight as your open. Now it's more of a sale because it's bigger, like right? Taller and everything, so it's gonna it's gonna create a lot more drag. But I told them how much. Uh, um, mile per gallon you were getting even pulling that trailer and they were like oh my gosh yep so I told them they didn't necessarily need to take camping they just need to drive and I'm pulling the trailer they didn't have to go anywhere far they didn't need it for a whole weekend they can do that in half a day yeah um, but I, I'll gladly he, here's what they need to do they need to get the Z71 diesel it has a 7,000 I think it's 7,500 pound tow rating but the yeah. ZR2 wow. only has five because of the suspension. It's, you know, kind of like a Raptor and a regular Ford. But, yeah, they would, uh, I think they would like the uh, the power and the torque behind that thing for pulling that trailer. Because their trailer's yeah. not that big. Was it 21? 14 and a half feet. Oh, it was longer than that. Wow. That's, that'd be easy peasy, as Amelia says. Lemon yeah. squeezy. And, and I don't think that the I don't think the truck really was that bad, but I think that they went down to Texoma, so I think they got into the Arbuckles mm-hmm. and noticed that they were having to get in the slow lane probably, yeah, um, and stuff like that. So that's just kind of common, but but it does bring up a point. They want to go to Montana and they want to go to Yellowstone and they want to go to all kinds of all kinds of places, and sometimes they're going to have to go over a mountain pass. And oh yeah. There's if nothing you get worse. out there. There's not many flat places out there. There's nothing worse than feeling like you need to get out and push. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you could go. You could be going across that uh, that straight stretch on the other side of Amarillo and hit a headwind that'll take oh, you out yeah. 15 mile an hour. Yeah, <laughs> and that's and downhill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's usually a pretty good rainstorm that comes through that area too. So all the time. Stuck in those many times, so me too, uh, me too. Yeah, it can get kind of crazy. So, uh, what else you guys got? I think we covered quite a bit so far. Yeah, we did. I well, got, you know, we I got Whataburger waiting on me. You got what? I got Whataburger waiting on me. Ooh, I do like some Whataburger. Mm-hmm. That yeah. sounds good. I might have to. I wonder if there's any. I wonder if anybody's open around here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. 
you yeah. go after pulling out the little butane stove there, buddy, and cook you some dinner. Well, I mean, I've got power, and I've got—I mean, I could—I hey. I just don't have a whole lot here to cook. So. Jo- Joey will be down at the donut shop here in a little while. He'll send us pictures going, "Ha ha, boys!" Yep. Man, yep. why you gotta bring donuts? Hey, why you gotta bring up donuts? I'm mad because the don- the Krispy Kreme here ain't doing lemon filled donuts. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. What's funny? What's even funnier is you checked. I did. <laughs> I look. I, I I can't tell you the last time I've been actually in Tulsa, like in to Tulsa. You know, other than going in and just kind of. What do you have against Tulsa? I just don't like. I don't like people. <laughs> See, he's been he's been Amen. negative all day. No, Amen. it's not that. It's just I, I hate all the traffic. I just I don't like all the traffic and all the craziness. But anyway. And especially on 71st and uh, 169 here in Tulsa. Good Lord, man. It's like crazy. So I was like, I'm not just driving in there to see. I'm going to (laughs) call. So I called. And they were like, no, not at the moment. Well, that's a shame. Boys, I'm I'm on this pool kitchen website. That thing's cool, isn't it? I got two words for y'all. Reverse engineer. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I think I'm going to show it to my dad and go, here you go, build it. It's $10 for a four-foot section of that 80-20 quarter round. So, sit down and do the math. Oh, I know. I'm sure they've probably got maybe $1,000 in it. Maybe. Oh, I, hey, look, I'm not hating on them. I think it's fantastic. Oh, I love the engineering on it. They really put a lot of time in it effort into it it's it's really cool and it matches your orange truck there is one in here that does match (laughs) but it ain't matching for that kind of money yeah yeah Yeah, they're pretty cool i like them well hey you got water burger burger waiting if i can talk and uh yeah i could lose internet at any moment so i think this is as good a time any is to wrap it up um i know joey's busy looks like he's gonna you know just work, work himself to death there so i appreciate everybody being on again as always lee and joey you make the show what it is i appreciate you guys i love you both thank you for being my friend and for being on this radio show with me Everybody else out there, thank you so much for listening, for clicking the button. Uh, Be sure to tell all your friends. Um, Check us out on Facebook at Overland Radio. Just Overland Radio. I always want to say .com. But, yeah, and then go to the website and do all that stuff. So thank you guys so much. Whatever you do, make sure that you go all over. Hey, and you better start paying us. We're going to just keep being your friends, damn it. This ain't happening much longer. Didn't make it. No shit, man. You better start paying us. Ah, later. Yay! Thank you again for joining us on the All Over Overland Show Tuesday nights. Overlandradio.com. Every single Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We have a great time. Talk about all different kinds of topics. Come on, join us. Get on Overlandradio.com and join us in the chat. And post some questions. Get in there and interact with us. We'd love to have you all over Overland Show every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Hope you have an awesome week. We'll see you next week.